There's so many great things happening in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's like in the Book of Esther. God has placed each of us in this local church for a time like this. We're just all people, people of God. You know, we're all human. We're all fallen. We're all sinners. I think we put on Christ, we put on love. Put on Christ with us as we learn to witness in new ways, find inspiration in those around us, and look for guidance from the Holy Spirit, our Holy Mother Church, and the shepherds of our local church. Because we're all on a journey. Continue this journey with us now with another episode of Practicing Catholic. Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. God is busily working in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. If you haven't experienced that through your parish's Synod Evangelization Team, a Catholic school, faith formation program, or another effort to introduce Christ to others, then this will do it. Last weekend, 18 men were ordained permanent deacons for the Archdiocese in front of a huge crowd at the Cathedral of St. Paul. 18! Here to talk about these new deacons, the diaconate, and how the Holy Spirit is moving is Deacon Eric Cooley. Deacon Cooley is the director of the Institute of Diaconate Formation, and he serves at St. Peter in North St. Paul. Deacon Eric, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So the ordination to permanent diaconate occurred on December 9th. We'll get to this huge class and the ordination in a second, but let's start with getting to know more about you. Can you talk about sure. what your journey was like in becoming a permanent deacon? Sure. Um, so I've felt uh, strongly called to a life of service throughout my life, mm. um, even from when I was a child. You know, I, I was a, an altar server and I, I really took a lot of pride in being able to anticipate when Father needed everything. Um, and at the time, I didn't really think much about it. It's just something that I like to do. And in hindsight, I can see that that was kind of uh, beginning stages of this this draw. Mm. Um, the, my, one of my favorite passages of scripture was the washing of the feet. Again, mm. um, something that was a draw to me, uh, to the diaconate. I explicitly heard this call or felt this call um, when I was in college. And um, it, it actually happened uh, prior to me um, being married, but I was dating my now wife at the time. And I was kind of confused because I didn't know how this could work. Um, I didn't have a deacon in my parish growing up. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know many deacons. I'd seen them, but I didn't know anything about their ministry. And I remember praying, you know, God, how can, you, how can this work? How can it be called to a life of ordained ministry? and yet be called to a life of marriage. Mm -hmm. Priests aren't married mm -hmm. in the Catholic Church. And it just had this sense, it wasn't like an, you know, something audible or anything like that, but the sense of, I'll be a deacon. And so that kind of began the, the journey for me to explore uh, with, you know, the, the priests in the parish um, at our college, uh, and then talking to different deacons to explore what this could look like. Uh, and then eventually I um, went through the Catechetical Institute, which is a prerequisite here in the Archdiocese to enter into formation. And um, after talking about it a lot and praying about it a lot with my wife, we decided it was time to put it before the church. We were trying to discern it on our own, trying to come up with is now the time, is now not the time. And we realized that uh, on our own, we were not equipped to answer that question. Mm -hmm. You actually have to ask that question with the church and uh, and we discerned it and i've been ordained now for four years 
Wow. It, I love hearing everyone's stories. Everyone's journey is so different. And it's cool to see how you notice those seeds being planted so early on in your life. Right, right. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things that I hear it time again with uh, the guys that come through formation. They have those seeds planted. They don't recognize them at the time, but in hindsight, they can see, wow, the Lord was really preparing me for this future vocation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And talking about the men that you work with, there were 18 ordained to the permanent diaconate uh, yes. on December 9th. Is that the biggest class for the St. Paul Seminary? So that is that ties for the second large for the largest class mm -hmm. ordained for the archdiocese. The last time we had a class that big was in 1978. Wow, wow, that's so amazing. What so yes. what is included in the ordination ceremony? Is it similar to the ceremony for transitional deacons or what? Kind of walk us through it. Right. So it would be identical to the ordination for transitional deacons. Um, the the one difference might be uh, in the promises that are made. Mm -hmm. For transitional deacons, they make a, a promise of celibacy. In the case of permanent deacons, if they're married, they don't make that, that promise. Um, but we do have permanent deacons that are celibate and who did make that promise. Uh, most recently in 2021 at that ordination, there were two that were ordained mm -hmm. uh, as uh, single men. So they made the vow of celibacy. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it is identical to the ordination of a transitional deacon. Mm -hmm. So what so what all is included in that ceremony? What other vows do they take? Yeah, great, great question. So, um, you know, they promise obedience to the bishop. They um, they also uh, promise to pray for the church. That's kind of the one practical thing. Mm -hmm. They pray on behalf of the church, for the church and uh, through the church. Um, explicitly through uh, the praying of the liturgy of the hours. So deacons pray morning prayer and evening prayer of the church every day for the rest of their life mm. uh, on behalf of the church and with the church. Um, they, they vow to strengthen their faith, right? Uh, through, uh, you know, through the, the power of the Holy Spirit um, to be men that are faithful. They, they say that they're, you know, voluntarily uh, entering into this, uh, into this, um, ministry. Mm. And then, uh, and I think one of the most um, beautiful aspects of the ordination mass itself, uh, they're handed the book of the gospels by the bishop. Um, at every ordination, whether it's to the priesthood or to, uh, to be a bishop, there's this kind of final ritual uh, gesture. And it kind of symbolizes what's essential to this particular ministry, this rank of the, the hierarchy. So for bishops, they receive the mitre and the crozier, and they sit in the chairs, one who governs, right? For the priesthood, they receive the chalice and the patent because priests offer the sacrifice amongst all the things that they do. For the deacon, he receives the book of the gospel because he's become Christ's herald. Uh, and the words that are said to them is, receive the gospel of Christ, whose herald you have become. Believe what you read, teach what you believe, practice what you teach. And so what is intrinsic to the diaconate is we are the herald of Christ. Yes, we're ordained to service and we are configured to Christ the servant, um, but he is the one who heralds the good news, right? He talks about the good news, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand. He, he proclaims liberty to captives, as the scriptures say. So in all that the deacon does, whether that is in ministry at the parish, 
or when he is with his family, or if he's in secular employment, he is Christ's herald um, by what he does and by what he says. Wow. I love that imagery, and I love um, the comparisons to um, bishops, priests, and then onto deacons and how each one has different roles and different callings um, within the church. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and talking a bit more about um, kind of these roles that the men will now take on, what will they be doing as permanent deacons in their day-to-day life? What kinds of assignments and roles do they take on? Yeah, great question. So every deacon, uh, whether they're transitional or permanent, is ordained unto the service. That's that's what is uh, commonly spoken of. And so they're configured by ordination to Christ himself. So their soul actually changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have this indelible mark. Um, and so configured to Christ the servant. And so one of the most important questions we can ask isn't so much what does a deacon do, but who is the deacon? Mm-hmm. The deacon is Christ himself. So Jesus is the deacon, and he serves the Father primarily. And in his service and love to the Father, he serves us in response to that. So everything that a deacon does flows from this reality. It flows from the reality that Christ, who we've been configured to, is serving the Father. And so we are serving the Father. And in so doing, we serve the church. And there's three, uh, a threefold ministry. So there's service of the word. There's service of the altar and service of divine charity. They're all intrinsically linked. And you can't necessarily take a ministry and say, okay, it fits nicely into this one bucket, and then it fits into this one bucket. They're intertwined, right? Um, But the foundation is the ministry of the word. So, again, this comes back to this idea of being the herald. So, So a deacon is one who hears what is spoken, and then announces that to others. Mm. So we have to be uh, have to be men who uh, practice this uh, ministry of prayer. So whether that's lexio divina or it's the divine office, um, or it we're, we're simply reading the scriptures, we're immersed in the word, and then our ministry flows from that. So of course we're proclaiming the gospel at mass, and and that's one of the ways that people typically think of the deacon. Um, but again, it it goes much beyond that. Mm-hmm. Everything that we do, we're proclaiming this word. Mm-hmm. The ministry of the altar, uh, it's, it's essential that a deacon is at Mass. And in fact, when you read the general instruction to the Roman Missal, so this is kind of the instructions at the beginning of the Missal, how to celebrate Mass. One of the realities is, is that uh, what's envisioned is that normal Mass is a Mass with a deacon. That's not the extraordinary or the exception. It's actually envisioned to be normal. Wow to have the deacon at mass. And there's a reason for this, Uh, you you know, whether it's mass at the the local parish or if it was at St. Peter's Basilica, there's a deacon at mass. We're the ones that proclaim the gospel. We're the ones that prepare the the altar. We're the ones that send forth the people of God to go in peace or to go and announce the gospel of the Lord or to go forth because the mass has ended. These are all aspects of the ministry of the deacon. He's the go-between, he's the emissary, the ambassador. Um, But being present at the altar is where we bring all of the the suffering and all of the the needs of the people that we've encountered throughout the week, right? In in our families, at our work, in the parish. 
We bring all those to the altar. That's why we're the ones that, that, that offer the petitions. We know what the needs are. And then we take the fruit of the altar, the Eucharist, and we bring it out. And that's what divine charity is really about. So all divine charity flows from this reality of the altar, right? Whether it's literally the Eucharist being brought to the homebound, which is again, a very uh, typical practice of deacons, um, both historically and currently. Um, but all divine charity really flows from what we've received at the altar. Wow. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm learning so much. This is stuff that I went to Catholic school my whole life, and I feel like we never really touched on um, what a permanent deacon does, what their role is. And it's so beautiful to hear about um, like the mass being designed to have a deacon. That's so cool. Right, right. I mean, I think the reality is while the diaconate um, was present at the very beginning of the church, right? St. Ignatius of Antioch in the, in the uh, second century, he talked about how uh, the deacon and the priest and the bishop, when they're present, you have the church. You can't have the church without them, right? Mm. Deacons were present from the very beginning. We read about them in Acts uh, of the Apostles. Um, but even when the order was um, kind of subsumed, as it were, as a, a stepping stone into the priesthood, the reality is, is it's still present. So every priest is a deacon. Mm. Every bishop is a deacon, uh, you know, because it's an indelible mark. It can't be changed. It's not washed away. And so mm. that... This foundation of service needs to permeate everything that we do within the church. It's one of the reasons St. John Paul II said that the deacon's ministry is the church's uh, ministry sacramentalized. It's the, the service sacramentalized. Um, but as a restored rank in the hierarchy, it's relatively recent. And so I think our understanding of the theology, the practicalities, all of that, it's going to take some time for that to, to catch up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have so many questions and could talk about this forever, but we only have time for one last question, Deacon Eric. Um, what would you say to listeners who have either thought about the permanent diaconate for themselves or know of a man who would be a great candidate? What advice or encouragement do you have? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for the question. So, uh, the best thing I can say, one of the questions people ask me is, when's the right time? Mm. And the answer is, whenever God calls, mm -hmm. that's the right time. Uh, life circumstances, while they play a, a part of it, and that's often how God um, lets us know his will, um, the reality is, is there's not one particular scenario that uh, is better than another. So for somebody that has maybe thought about the diaconate or knows somebody else who they think might be a good deacon, um, check it out. We, we have uh, deacon discernment days here at the St. Paul Seminary, uh, both in the spring and in the fall. You can go to the seminary website uh, to, to find when the, the next one is. The next one will be in April of 2024. And it's uh, an opportunity to come and find out more about what is a deacon? Who is the deacon? Uh, some misconceptions about who deacons are. What kinds of things do they do? What does formation look like? And it doesn't tie you into anything, right? You're not mm -hmm. signing up and all of a sudden now you're going to be found in a program. 
Um, no, this is just an opportunity to learn more. And then there are next steps beyond that if, if the call continues to be there for you. Um, but I would say, don't wait. Just ask, find out more. Don't try to discern it on your own. Don't wait, just ask. I like that. Yeah. Deacon Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kayla. Listeners, you can learn more about the Institute of Diaconate Formation at the St. Paul Seminary on their website, stpaulseminary.org slash IDF. That's Saint spelled out, stpaulseminary.org slash IDF. Thank you for listening. Follow us on social media at Practicing Catholic Show to see what's coming up next. Make sure to leave a review and subscribe to be the first to know when the next episode of Practicing Catholic is released. <laughs>